on this Monday evening. It is our last podcast of the year because uh, Matt's got stuff to do and uh, it's coming up to Christmas and stuff. So we thought we'd just do a 22 in review. So with me, we have my co-hosts, Peter Ray Allison. Good evening, everyone. And John Joe Cosgrove. Hello, everybody. Jojo, it's been a while, man. You okay? I know, I know. Do you know what? It's it's not on purpose. I will. I promise. It um, is. It it's is. Just it's completely. It is. <laughs> I, mean, I would take it I personally. Mean, you know, it's just... <laughs> um, no. Do you know what? It's uh, every time I keep thinking, you know, Monday nights are perfect, and then something comes up or something I've forgotten, and I made the point. I went no. This Monday, I have to be there. I have to because I'm sure there's going to be some kind of discussion that I can finally get in on. And <laughs> especially if it's a review of 2022, yeah. because there was so much this year that I know I can talk about. So I'm ready. I'm ready. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, so uh, before we go into the, the review in, in, in 2022, have you both got any uh, sort of plans coming up for Christmas and New Year? Uh... Family time, family time, really for for Christmas week. We kids. What age? What age your kids? Um, six, eleven, and fourteen. All right. So one of them still has uh, the the firm belief in the. Oh yes, yeah. Two of the two, less so. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, do you believe in presents? Yes. Do you believe in Santa Claus? Yes. Um, but yeah, it's they're getting very, especially my youngest is getting very excited. We've had the Christmas jumper days. We've had um, like you know the Christmas meal tomorrow, and really kind of started to ramp up the whole kind of Christmas excitement. And he is literally just vibrating with anticipation of when they, they can open the presents. Yeah, and so yeah, he's absolutely in his element and. Yeah, just hyper and uh, a sugar rush and, hi- and hyper. And without the sugar. <laughs> yeah, then, yeah. But, I, I used to love Christmas when I, like, I, like, I, I love Christmas now, but it, it's so much more magical when you're a kid because, yeah. like, I, I just remember sort of being, like, not able to sleep and just being super, like, just excited and, you know, me and my brother figuring out how we were going to um, trap Santa Claus this year and stop, you know, get him and stuff. Like, I, I remember very vividly about sort of, like, keeping the door open ever so slightly and putting... We had these little green plastic cup things and we filled it up with water and we put it on top of the door so when the door opened, it would fall on Santa Claus's head and then we could wake up because he'd be like, ah, I'm covered in water and he'd be like, ah, Santa Claus... You might not be too impressed with this, but then we catch him. Um, but uh, yeah, for some reason, um, he managed to sort of make his way through the booby traps. And uh, we always like, it, no, it was like, it was mad because when you're a kid, you go to bed really early. Like I'm sitting there like five o'clock in the evening going, is it time to go to bed yet? You know, the first time I've ever wanted to go to bed early as a kid. And I'm sitting there kind of, so, oh, well, it's five o'clock. It's probably time we should go to bed. And you go to bed and you can't sleep and you're sitting there getting really antsy and you're just like, I just want to sleep. So you're sitting there doing everything you can to try and sleep, like counting sheep and, and, and everything just so you can sort of you know sleep for christmas and then you're like you're like um it's up for ages and it's like santa claus is never going to come because i'm still awake and stuff and for some reason he always like i don't know what it was he always sort of just signed up 
you just conk out eventually and then you'd sort of exhaustion go, yeah you just conk out eventually and then suddenly you'd sort of wake up and be like oh, and then there would be like because we always had our stockings at the end of the bed yeah. and then it was just like oh my god the stocking that would just like you'd close your eyes for a little minute thinking you know i'll just rest my eyes and then you open them and I'm like, oh my god he's been and then it would just be at the bottom of your bed and it was just so magical like i just like you i could you know believing in it was amazing it was just so yeah. just so oh. good I must admit, we don't kind of have the whole stockings at the end of the bed thing, but we do have, like, as you can see, stockings up, up uh, above the fire. Yeah. It's, it's easy for Santa. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't have to go around in all the different rooms. Well, that's it, yeah. That's, I think it's sort of like, I think my parents were sort of, I don't know where that came from, but it's always been a thing. To the point now, I'm 41 years old. My mum still leaves us a stocking at the end of our oh, bed nice. for Christmas. Oh, I thought you were going to say you still leave the cup of water on the no. top of the door. I'm going to get Santa Claus this time. <laughs> I'm older now. I can stay up there. <laughs> Do you know, I think the one thing I remember, I remember the first year that I, and it sounds horrible, I still remember the first year that I stopped believing um, was when, actually, after I watched the, it was um Simpsons Christmas episode, and Bart says the line, look, there's only one fat guy that brings us presents. His name ain't Santa. Okay. Like ah, and it was like suddenly I tweaked. I was like, "What? What you're saying? You're saying his daddy's giving him presents. Homer's giving presents, not Santa." Oh, I remember the um, <laughs> being told by my friend um, that he didn't exist, and I was like, "No, no," because I find a bit of his beard at the end of the tree, and 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 my dad has a recording of him coming into the house. My dad had basically because he knew we we're getting to that age where we were sort of kind of being a bit skeptical, so he made like a recording of Santa Claus coming into the house and talking to my parents, and then sort of like. Um, I think he asked to go to the toilet and stuff like that. There was like things like this, and we were we well bought into it. We were all like, "Oh my god!" Oh we're god. like, "We're and we'd use that. We'd dine out in that in school all the time." It's like, yeah. So uh, we've got a recording of Santa Claus using our toilets and stuff. You know, it's just like like we had a famous person in our house and stuff. <laughs> it's just, and then it was like it slowly started to click, and you're just like, oh. <laughs> but that is that was it. It was the magic, wasn't it? It's that mm. it's that that little bit of like you know. You escape that bit of reality. You're able to let your mind believe in something that's good and pure. And I didn't think there was ever anything wrong with that. And I feel that now, especially um, like when I've got my friends that have got kids and they go on about Father Christmas yeah. and you go, yep, yep. You know, you just got to be very good. Um, come Christmas Eve, you know, he's going to leave you loads of presents. And um, one of my one of my friends, their, their child, um, I think when she turned five or six, she just went, um, no, there, no, there is no Father Christmas. What are you on about? Um, I went, no, no, Father Christmas is real. I said, you know, he comes, and she went, but we haven't got a chimney, so how is he supposed to come down that chimney? I went, Magic well, King. he probably goes through the letter. I said, I said he goes through the letterbox then, don't he? How's he fit through the letterbox? I said, where do you think he gets down the chimney? <laughs> Magic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, we can't, the, the moment I lost my belief in father christmas was i can remember it clearly it, you remember those lines back in the day back in the 80s where you kind of could phone up santa claus yeah i called yeah. up one of them and it's a pre-recording and i kept trying to speak to santa and just, it, was just, it was a recording and i was older to her that's a recording it's a con <laughs> <laughs> and that was the one and only time my parents actually arranged, uh, offered me to phone up santa we never did it again because Aww. it's like <laughs> 
do you, do you remember what the first thing you had? Like, obviously, you went to the sort of the kind of supermarket sort of Santa Clauses and stuff. Would you remember what the first thing you asked for was? Oh, action man, oh. probably. I asked for I asked for a robot, and it was like I I I'll see if I can sort of I don't know if I can remember. It, it was kind of like one of those. It looked kind of like a triangle with like a, a head, like ET, on top of it. It was like all the rage back in the day. Yeah, one of these things back in the eighties, and um. I asked for one of those, and Santa Claus looked at my mum and was just like, "Is is he is he getting a robot?" My mum's like, "No." <laughs> He's not getting a robot. I was like, "Well, well what yeah. about uh, what oh. about like a rugby ball or, or something like that?" And I was like, oh. "Oh no, I guess I'll have some Star Wars stuff then." Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, Santa, can I have a can I have a bike? Um, no, no, sorry, but you can have a yo-yo, yeah. just as good. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. yeah. um, um, my youngest um, went on a Santa. These are the Santa specials. Yeah. Um, like tra- train rides, but like um, there's one year was on on the steam train. You can sit sit on the train. It goes along this line and back, and Santa kind of comes along. Now pre-COVID, there was a there was a carriage at the end of the train where you could go and see Santa. No, but like last year, because of the COVID restrictions and still, you what? Um, instead of this time, Santa came along, kept the distance, and gave presents along as he went down down the carriages. Unfortunately, he was also wearing a face mask, a really big face mask over his face. So you could, all you could see was basically a bit of a beard and eyes, mm. and it terrified my youngest. He was like, "Hello, I am a Santa. Do you want to say hello?" <laughs> No, <laughs> <laughs> you don't get pressed off me. <laughs> I said, we'll give Santa a miss this year. <laughs> and um, so instead, we, we, we're, all, we're all going to go along to Snowdown for something, for some snowy fun instead. Are you playing with your microphone again, Pete? So yeah, it's yeah. I think it was drooping. I had microphone droop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's that, I think we'll get that sort of conversation tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, it is magical watching my youngest getting so invested in Christmas and Santa and the, the rituals that that go with it. I guess they, 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 I, you remember them all though, because I remember um, very vividly. I think my Santa had forgotten one of my presents and um i remember so like we, we had loads like we, we we were very lucky as kids so we you know my parents sort of provided really well for us and um i i remember sort of like we'd had our presents and i wasn't expecting anything else but i kind of remember my, my weirdly kind of my mom going oh um oh I, I, uh tim i think there was meant to be something else and then my dad was just like what's that matthew and i was like what and he's like that, i think santa claus is coming back you better hide you know because he can't be seen by you and stuff so we like we had to run off and he sort of kind of like some some bells and stuff and i think he he did a santa voice or something and um and then suddenly i come back into the room and there's another present under the tree and i was just like oh my god and it was like this little pinball machine and i was just like yeah completely bought it didn't didn't put two and two together just went wow santa claus came back just to give me a present and stuff and uh but that i vividly remember that i remember exactly where it was under the tree i know it was just sort of like yeah it was those sort of memories yeah. i remember about three or four i went to bed on 23rd of uh, December and woke up Christmas Eve. Unfortunately, in my head, I got the dates wrong and I thought Christmas Eve was actually Christmas Day. So I went downstairs 
And there's only about three, about three or four out in front when there's no presence there. I'm supposed to say, where's the presence? Where's the presence? That, that's just forgotten me. I don't have any presence. Uh, <laughs> you're being barred, you're on the naughty list, Pete. Exactly. <laughs> it's, like, it's Christmas Day, it's the day after, Pete. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, never a good day for a good, a good head for date. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I was absolutely heartbroken when I came downstairs and it was just like, there's no presence. Yeah, my. Um... Because my old house, it was like uh, we had this long corridor, and you could mm. see, it, it, you could see straight into the front room. Because my parents had this like big these glass double doors that went into the front room where the sitting room effectively. And mine and my brother's rooms were down the corridor, and we'd sort of like you know get up and you, you, we'd look round the corridor and see you know the presence that sort of arrived, and then we did that, and then obviously fell asleep, and then the stockings would come in, and we'd just look around the corner and like. <gasps> they're all there and we'd sort of kind of because we weren't allowed we weren't allowed to be in the front room uh yeah. until my parents got up and stuff so we just sit there with our faces against the glass going ah oh, ah oh. and then we go automatically to the first the biggest present there was and my sister played a blinder on us when we were kids so she got um there was some two massive like absolutely massive presents under the tree for me and my brother and we were just like because we were allowed to open one we were allowed to open one present before um before breakfast and stuff so we like straight okay yeah we know which one we're going for straight for these big massive huge presents bigger than us we're like oh my god what it could it what could it be thinking of all the cool stuff it could be we opened it up it's it was basically a box full of bricks with uh with like tissue paper and stuff in it and then a, a, a picture of the turtles and it was a turtles picture and that was it and we were just like ah, we want another one and we're just like nope sorry you had your choice he chose he chose chose badly oh <laughs> that is evil that is evil <laughs> yeah. and very well played yeah yeah and yeah. your expectations yeah exactly yeah yeah um we have some we, we let the children open the stockings right they get the stockings down from the wall being down and, and like go through them and then we have breakfast and then we open the rest of the presents we always but, used to get Lego. So we always the one standard thing we always used to get in our stockings was we get a little box of Lego, we get a tangerine, we get a thing of like sweets and some socks. I think we're sort of kind of our yeah. things. The most disturbing thing I've ever got in a stocking uh, was some. <laughs> it's my mum being funny. Well, um, <laughs> and obviously this was very. <laughs> this was when we were older, and I think this is like you know. 30s and our 30s when yeah. we're still getting sort of stockings and stuff like that but <laughs> my stocking very disturbing i got a i got a um a little thing of lube and uh, <laughs> and, and some paracetamol <laughs> and i was just like oh. i'm very i'm very disturbed right now and i'm not more disturbed is if it's like if something give this or my mum's thought about this and thought it was hilarious and i'm just like <laughs> your mum is fantastic yeah. that, 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 has, that has got to be that has got to be the funniest um yeah stocking filler could ever be imagined. Yeah, it's just right. like she but, Did you but get... then again again um you know it, it must there must have been some conversation you've had at some point that um because it's yeah. fine to think 
what can I do to help my know. son this year? What's like, gonna, my mom's what's really, gonna be my better? mom's like proper prim and proper and stuff like that. She, like she's really like she's from Oxford. <laughs> she she only started swearing recently when we started. We basically got her to swear one Christmas. Um, you know, we did, like my sister and brother have been trying to get her to swear for years, and then got her a bit tipsy one Christmas, and then she decided she was going to swear, and it was hilarious. And um, you know, she doesn't. You know, she's quite sort of precious and stuff. Like me and my brother really. Like, because we got a we got a group WhatsApp chat, and you know those pictures you get where you it's like it's like a it's like a uh, oh I'm stuck in the snow help and and then you press on it and it's that that dude with his big cock hanging out and stuff like that that go around go around uh, YouTube not YouTube go around uh, WhatsApp all the time. Have you have you seen these? So it's literally it's basically you, you, you click you click on the picture um, and it's it's a it's a it's a man with his dong hanging out and stuff right, which goes around WhatsApp groups all over the world like like Santa Claus. Um, and so obviously. <laughs> Me, me I mean, brother. I mean, if that's how Santa Claus was going around the world, I definitely <laughs> want to forget about Christmas. But the thing is, me and my brother, like, we send my mum this stuff, yeah, because we're like, so we sort of we go, oh, my, I like, I sent one, and it was like, because it was snowing and stuff, and it's like, oh, I'm, it was like, I'm stuck in the snow or something, and it's like a picture of a car and stuff, and uh, so my mum thinks, oh no, and she presses on it, and it's this dude with his cock hanging out, no, <laughs> and she's like, no. oh my god, and obviously it downloads onto her phone, and. She she doesn't she doesn't because she's not great with her technology downloads on their phone so we're sending her these things and she's like shouting at us for being rude and stuff like this and you know we're, we're laughing <laughs> and my sister said they were out at the um they were out at um a not a florist a like a garden center my mom was sort of kind of wanted to get some plants for the house and some like new trees and things like that she had pictures on her phone um but she so she's like, she goes to the guy and the thing. So, um, so I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking for this sort of, this sort of pond. It, it kind of looks like this. And she opens up her phone, goes straight to the pictures, and it's a dude with his cock out. And she starts panicking. So she flicks, and there's another dude with his cock out. And it's just all of these things. And my sister, who was, who was trying to, he felt bad for, was just laughing her ass off because my mum was panicking with all these pictures. I, I could just imagine that like, the poor fellas look at that thinking, um, <laughs> well, if that's what you're looking for, you're going to be a bit disappointed yeah. in here, love. Um, <laughs> uh, no, that was just it's hilarious, man. Just brilliant. It's just like, no, um, you'd not do that, especially to so, oh, so naive. You are so. That is so, that is so mean, but it's so funny at the same time. Well, we, um, did, we did one recently where um, my brother was asking, um, she was asking my mum, because uh, he was setting up some. Uh, some uh, internet site thing for her and she had to get some like you know memorable passwords and things like that and he's like so uh, well you know I need your date of birth and I need sort of like uh, your favourite book so I can put it in and I put um I put straight afterwards Rim Jobs by John Remington and stuff like that. And my mum was just like, Oh, I don't know that book, Matthew. You're going to have to remind me so, you know, I know how to remind, remember that book and stuff. And I'm laughing because she's not picked up on it and stuff. Oh, and then, even and more worrying if she goes into Waterstones asking for that book. Yeah. And then 20 minutes later, I get a message going, Matthew, I just looked that up on Google. <laughs> If there's a book called that, you're going to get it for Christmas, you know that. Yeah. It's even funny if there is actually someone called John Remington. (laughs) Yeah, John Remington. (laughs) But yeah, it was just the fact that she's so so innocent that she thought, you know... (laughs) 
<laughs> so me and my brother are just laughing. And it's just brilliant. But yes, anyway, sorry. Carry on. <laughs> Right, so one Christmas tradition we, we do in my in our household is we do watch um, Novad Chak Santa. What? Novad Chak Santa. All oh, right, yeah, 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 yeah. And that, yeah, it's kind of lot. It's a great way that it's kind of like it kind of manages, calms the expectation a bit. It's like, look, there's Santa. Oh, he's going through Budapest right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're such a nerd. Such a nerd family. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. Where's your insult? Yeah. Where's your insult? That, that's it, yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> basically. Uh, but no, but it's really nice done because like, the whole kind of, the Norad team really buy into it and kind of, oh yeah, we're going to be tracking um, Santa using our, um, using using Rudolph's red nose and triangulating his position, uh, using satellites and um giving him uh, escort coverage with our F-18s and our Tomcats. And just like, okay, that's a bit scary, but okay, that's cool. <laughs> and if he, if he gets out of line and he, does, he, sticks, he sticks the general on the, uh, the naughty list and yeah, he's getting, he's yeah. getting air to Santa <laughs> missiles up his ass. Yeah, you imagine that. Too. But yeah, it's really well done. I mean, you can, like, you can actually email Norachak Santa and they'll send you a message back. And it, it's rather the kind of one of those automated messages. It's actually been personalised to you. Okay, cool. That's awesome. So, so they really kind of buy buy into it, and the whole story behind it, where basically there's one of those kind of call Santa um, call lines back in the fifties. Unfortunately, they put the number down wrong, and it turned out to be the uh, she like the head of Novad. <laughs> and suddenly, this like this like three star, four star general was receiving telephone calls from like a deluge of children wanting to talk to Santa. Oh. <laughs> and so basically, but rather than disappoint them, they said, "Right, okay, let's get a team onto this." So they took the quickly diverted the general's phone to another line, used the current line that was, was now the Santa line, linked that up to uh, like some volunteers. And they just kind of started answering, like, all these telephone calls from various kind of children asking, like, where's Santa? I want to know where Santa is. And they'd be going, right, okay, well, assume you, like, you know, it's midnight. Uh, he's here. Huh. And they just kept doing that every, every year since then. For about since about 60, 70 years, they've just been doing check and Santa. Oh, that's good. Wow. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, so, it's a little bit of a tradition, I thought. That was just yeah, very it's, all, it's, all, it's all about traditions. Like, we have, like... We have stock. We've always had stockings. I think this year, my mum's like saying, "Oh, we're not going to have stockings this year and stuff." Like, you know, no. we're not going to have them. And so it's like, "Oh my god, it's the first time we're not going to have stockings." I'm forty years, forty-one well, years old. I'm not going to be able to do that. What you can do is you return the favour to your mum and leave a stocking of presents that's at not, the bottom of bed. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Actually, I might do that. That's a good, not, yeah. that's a good idea. It's mine. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, yeah, do that. Yeah, with with lube and paracetamol. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she's not doing the stockings because she keeps sending them photos. Yeah, better, yet, better yet, Matt, get by the lube and when they and when they say, just say <laughs> it's not for me, it's for my mum. Yeah, I'll just see what happens with the on the people's face. Yeah, we have like um, we have like every morning, like it's the only time sort of like we all sort of get up really early and stuff, and it's like. 
like seven o'clock on the dot. We have like Christmas music that comes on. Like it's like it's old school like choir music that we've had forever. Like we've had oh, it right. for as long as I can remember. Like old school sort of hark the herald angels sing. Oh, oh like, FM. Yeah, like proper sort of like, you know, old school stuff goes on at seven o'clock. Then we have some croissants because we're classy like that. And then my mum gets a sort of glass of uh, a sherry and then sort of like is drunk before <laughs> like the afternoon when we're sort of getting the turkey on and things. But uh, yeah, it's it's all about traditions yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, I mean, I, we wake, because we like to wake up slowly in the morning, we also listen to classic FM because it's, it's not you know, heavy. It's not like, say, pound, pounding away. That's later, the music. And but we usually listen to classic, but then December the 1st, suddenly it's all choral kind of Christmas music. And it's like, afterwards, that's get a bit much. Yeah. So switch to Planet Rock instead. <laughs> Good choice. Yeah, we always have like my dad had a playlist that we used to have, and we we play that. So it's like you know, Fairy Tale of New York, and you know, all those sort of kind of like Santa Baby and the old school sort of um, Christmas songs and stuff. So that kind of gets played a lot in the, during the, the Christmas dinner. ACDC. No ACDC, unfortunately. Mistress of Christmas. You know. No. Um. Oh, Mad World by Gary Jules. No. That's a a, a classic. It was Christmas number one as well. Was it? Yes. 2003. Bingo. Classic track. Oh. What about you, John Joe? What are you, you got any, uh, you got any sort of traditions or anything you hold in the Cosgrove? Um. Household. Do you know, do you know what, what I like to do? Um, and didn't really do it last year or the year before because of, all the COVID stuff. But um, one thing I used to like doing was going to um, drive to go and see my nan before, like on Christmas morning. Yeah. Um, Cause it's one of the things that she, she don't, she don't really um, like to leave the house. She's, she's like, um, like, especially when it comes to Christmas, she's like, no, I'm in my home. I'm all good here. And she's never by herself because um, family members do go over in the evening, afternoon, like they have Christmas dinner with her. Um, but it's one of the things that I started, it was probably about nine or ten years ago. I'd go around there, take the presents around. So sitting for half hour, having a coffee. And when my um, when my granddad was around as well, it used to be really nice because like we'd just sit down, be talking. Um, and then, like, you know, it's one of the things. It's really weird at, like, eight, half eight in the morning. And you're, like, mm, two coffees in. It's like, I've already gone through half a box of celebrations. I'm now um, <laughs> being tough. Yeah, now be off. Oh, do you want a bit of toast? Yeah, yeah, let's have some toast as well. And then, you're like, and then um, I'd be like, oh, I'm supposed to be supposed to be back home. Um, like supposed to be having like breakfast with um parents, me, me brother and sister. Now it's like, oh, I'm filling up on all this. And uh, oh, and if you ever seen that episode of Vicar of Dibley when she's going around doing like the four um Christmas dinners, it kind of felt like that. You know, just had all this stuff because that's what grandparents do they just keep feeding you they just keep giving you stuff and like get home you're like oh you're ready for a fry up oh, <laughs> yeah all right then why not my granny used to make the best for <laughs> the best for kick like it was well she was an amazing baker in general like she made german biscuits for cakes shortbread all kinds Ooh. of lovely stuff um and she made this beautiful sort of um, fruit cake, and like nobody seems to be able to sort of get it right. Like my mom's bless her, she's tried so hard to do it, but she just can't get it. Like it tastes nice. They don't get me wrong; it does taste nice. My mom's tastes really nice, but it's just you just can't get that sort of kind of fruit cake that my granny used to make and stuff. Um, mm. So, 
Um, yeah, it's, it's I like them sort of traditions. Um, but I'll tell you one thing I do always enjoy at Christmas, and uh, it's become a bit of a well, it's become a bit more of a tradition now. Is um, once the evening's done, once you've had like your Christmas dinner, um, what I like to do is from like seven, eight o'clock onwards, you're like, okay, let's just chill back, um, open up a few beers. And it'd be like, okay, let's just start watching some Christmas TV. Because even though, no matter how bad it is, you'll watch it. Sometimes there's a few good things. And what's inadvertently become a tradition now is I now keep a checklist of how many times I have to pause what I'm watching because um, someone will start wanting to have conversation. And you're like, yeah, yeah, okay, done. <laughs> yep, okay, play. And, um, and I, I, there was one um, Christmas... Uh, 2017 when i was watching um doctor who which that was the last uh, peter capaldi episode and bear in mind the episode itself is only an hour and it took nearly three hours to watch this episode <laughs> because um what's 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 quite funny is that um my girlfriend um she's not a sci-fi person at all so as we're watching this she's going oh what's who's that what's this what's happening here and i think because a lot of the episode was set in um world war one as well and it was uh, a lot about you know when um christmas day came and yeah, the, yeah. Um, the english and the germans came out the trenches to play football and um she was going oh was that real did that really happen and there was that little part of me it just really wanted to go do you know what let's go for a nice little history lesson now and i was saying yeah i said it was a real event i said you know these guys just that one day they laid their guns down, they went up and they were like, you know, we have had differences, but, you know, we do have similarities with each other. I said, you know, that was like the only time up until the end of the war that they, you know, they did cross over like that. They did say, you know, let's just not do this. And, um, you know, it was one of the moments. And then I got to the point thinking, it's nearly fucking midnight and I still ain't finished this episode. Um, <laughs> Jesus what's, Christ. What's your go to, what's everybody's go to Christmas film? Die Hard. Really? Yeah. Every, every Christmas Eve, kill when, when we're... <laughs> kids aren't around, but good. When we wrap in presents, we put on Die Hard. And what are you, John? That's good. Oh, do you know what? Because um, I really do like Die Hard, and I probably do watch it more than I really should, but... Um, why? Well, well I, I probably do watch it at least like once or twice a year. Um, but... I'd say my go-to Christmas movie, and only because I remember it so well when I was a kid, Jingle All the Way. Really? Okay. That wow. film. That yeah. film. That film. I absolutely love because you know it's got such great one-liners. You know, it's just it's just funny. It's very heartwarming, and you know, yeah, it's just the Die Hard. Yeah, and yeah, but but you know, um, it hasn't got Arnold. You know. <laughs> I no, um, just on McLean. <laughs> Well, see, because we've always had, we watch this film every year without fail. Again, it's just a tradition, it's just something we watch every year. But it's called A Christmas Story. And very few people in the UK oh, have seen Ralphie. this. Yeah, a very few. It's yeah. mad because I was in work and they were all going to like Elf's my favorite Christmas film. Elf's great and these other ones. And I said Christmas Story and they're like looking at me like, I'm, like what is that and stuff? And people in the UK just don't know that film and i've been watching it for years and it's i think it's only because there's a sequel just come out and stuff um but it's like from like it's from a long time ago but it's amazing it's so good it's so warm and and funny and amazing Mm. and it just sort of epitomizes christmas for us 
Um, we yeah. watch it every oh, year, every year. That was on the other night as well, actually. It's I awesome. did start watching it when it came so up on good. BBC. So good. It's just a bit where he goes, oh, but... and, and <laughs> yes. I didn't say fudge. Yeah, I didn't say fudge. <laughs> and then you, it's like you get. It's just it, what I love about it. It's just because the way he has all those daydreams and things. It's just how you think as a kid. So he gets his mouth washed out with soap because obviously he says the f bomb. Uh, he says fudge, yeah. and he's like, "Well, I didn't say fudge," but um, he sort of, and then he, he has this daydream about having soap poisoning and how his parents and stuff are going to feel really bad when he turns up blind and things like that. And it's like it's the sort of stuff you think when you're a kid, just like, "Yeah, I'll get them because I'll go blind because I've got soap poisoning," and then they're going to feel really guilty for me and stuff. And it's things like that this makes it for me and stuff. And it's like when he's where he's dreaming about his BB gun and he's just like, you know, in his mind, it's like when he has this BB gun, he's going to be able to protect the house from all these bandits and things like this. And that's just like, you know, as a child, you know, you're just like, yeah, once I have this, I'm going to speed the man. It's just going to be like, you know, amazing. And it's just so, it's just so real in, in certain ways. I love it. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, another, another, another great Christmas film is A Long Kiss Goodnight. Oh. I know you which um uh, what, what is that? longest good night is uh, Samuel Jackson and oh Gina Gina Davis all oh, right yeah 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 okay lovely christmas film yeah there's a lot of really um, sort of warm heartfelt christmas films around and stuff um yeah i mean i guess we could almost tie this into our 2022 stuff but um i i'm sure i'm hoping you guys have seen it as well the uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Not seen it yet, but you, you're more uh, by, 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 all, by all means you can you can it's talk fine. about it. It's, it's fine. It's, it's really nice. It's really heartwarming, and um, yeah, it's just it's just funny. It's just so. It does under under undermine some of the Guardians of the Galaxy twos elements. I'm not well, giving away too much of that, but it's good. <laughs> And yeah. you know it's got Kevin Bacon, so come on, yeah. you know it's going to Kevin be Bacon. Kevin Bacon. I did but enjoy what... that whole scene where they're trying to recruit Kevin Bacon. That was so brilliantly done. <laughs> but what I thought was really good as well, and this was um, something that came up quite a lot, and it's not so much a spoiler, but there is a lot of attention on Drax and Mantis in this movie, and it's good yeah. to see that they get a good spotlight. They and do work well together. They work well. Especially, there's a bit in the middle when they first come to Earth. when they first come to Earth, and it's just like you know how they're just almost like embracing people around them. And um, there's a few funny little moments, especially when they're having their photos taken. Go bots, uh, the go bots. <laughs> yes. Oh, I can't spoil that line. There's that one line I really want to say, but I can't. But um, yeah, oh, but yeah, it's really nicely done. Um, loads of kind of culture clash. Elements, which and the music, the music yeah. as well is so good. The um, the, the old ninety sevens <laughs> in the band. Yeah, they, um, were, they were brilliant. Yeah, like, that song at the beginning. And the interpretation of Santa was interesting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, so uh, we'll move on to our uh, we'll, we'll move on to a review of, of twenty twenty two. So mm. we'll start with uh, we'll start with films. So um, we'll Ooh. go around. So what is what was everybody's favorite film from this year? Pray, that shadow out. No, oh no, no. <laughs> I, no. Okay, I'm not okay, Pete. Get, 
give me give me your top give me your top three films top and three. then yeah give me your okay. top three everything everywhere all at once yeah agreed pray yeah and not decided on the third one yet but those two were, were the top okay right <laughs> john joe what about you oh do you know what i surprisingly for myself i think my favorite film this year was top gun maverick yeah it, I was, it was pretty was fucking brilliant. good pretty damn good that, I, I really, I really love that. And do you know what I think it's because it wasn't just like, it starts off as well. You get that 80s blast of nostalgia. You've got, you know, just that Kenny Loggins song straight away. But it's just the whole film is paced really well. It's exciting. It's fun. It's dramatic. Um, it's, a, it's an evolution of, it's an evolution yeah. of the original, but it doesn't, it has a good sort of, whereas the first one's like super machismo and cheesy and stuff like this, this has that sort of angle to it with that sort of cheese level, but it has a good edge to it as well. The flight scenes, because they're real, and you you know that you can tell they're real and stuff like that, so yeah. well done. And it's quite heartfelt as well, and it's really sort of, you know, good moments. And when they get into the sort of kind of, why, um, fuck, the F-22? No, is it the F-22? I can't remember. what what's the What's the Tomcat called? F fourteen Tomcat. Uh, is it the first? Yeah. Um. When they but, get into that, oh, yeah, the F. Uh. Uh. The F fourteen. Yeah. When you get into the F fourteen, and I'm just like, oh my god, it's the F fourteen. It's like yes. So I, yeah, I, I I thought I was going to enjoy it, but I I loved it. I thought it was just like you know, so good, so 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 good. And Joe, if um if I was to make up a top three, uh, number two would definitely be the Batman. Yeah. I thought that was. Yeah. I thought that was a brilliant film. I loved it. It was more psychological. I liked it. it was more a detective story. And just Robert Pattinson is just so good as Batman. He shouldn't be. He really shouldn't be. But he he's just, a from great beginning actor. To end, he's a great actor. To, yeah. From beginning to end, he just owns that part. Just from that first opening moment when he's fighting against um, this gang on the subway. And he's just like, you know. You know he can't take them all on, but it's just he's so Im- intimidating, especially when he beats up that first guy. It's just like, yeah, this is someone you don't want to mess with because not not necessarily that he could overpower all these guys, but he's crazy enough to do it. He's crazy enough to go for him. It's like, yeah, really working fear into that angle. Um, oh, and then Joe, I think for a third movie, oh, it's really tough, but I think I, it's probably the most recent film I've seen as well. I'd probably have to say the new Black Panther movie. Okay. I yeah, I really was, enjoyed it. Yeah, it was really good. Oh. Yeah. Um and it was um Joe, I've got to say as well, um the guy that played Namor, um Tenet Kwata, Yeah. Fantastic. Just absolutely fantastic fantastic actor. And just you know, he's this is one of these guys when you see an actor you go, Yeah, this is someone who in the next few years you're gonna see him in so many films, you're gonna see this guy absolutely explode. Yeah. It was quite, quite an emotional film as well, I find, the stuff. It was just oh, sort yeah. of, you know, it just sort of, it, it hit me a lot more than I didn't, you know, I wasn't expecting it to and stuff, especially a lot of the references mm. to the sort of, um, um, oh God, I forgot to get his name. This is really T'Challa. Bad. Yeah, T'Challa, yeah. Yeah, Chaka yeah. Bushwick, but T'Challa, yeah, yeah T'Challa. Um, so, um, but yeah, it was just, yeah, beautiful. Um, some really, mm. a, a good film. Uh, for me, for me, um, everything, everywhere, all at once is yeah. literally like that film blew me away. It was one of those films that I went to, I saw an advert for and thought that looks like 
that looks batshit crazy, but I'll I'll go and see it. And I had no expectations about it whatsoever. And then when I, I literally came out of it going, I think that's possibly the best film I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's just yeah. like, it's just so well done. And the bits, the, 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 the best bit in it is when the two rocks are talking to each other. And it's just like, it's just such a weird thing, but it's amazing. It's just sort of, it's so like, it, it's so hard to explain if you, you know, you have to. It's just so left field, but it's so well done and so. It takes it takes the multiverse of madness idea of Doctor Strange two, and just goes with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, you know, mm. for me, that is definitely sort of up there, possibly the best film, in you know, I've I've watched. Yeah. I, I love it. Also, I think it's really important film. Yeah. Look, yeah. Like, at its core, the message is be kind, especially when things are happening that you do not understand. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. There, there was a lot. And that, of, lot yeah. to it. Um, obviously Top Gun Maverick for me again was, you know, again, it was something I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to love this in a pew pew, you know, you know, macho type of way. But, you know, again, it had a lot more depth to it, which, um, you know, Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed. I thought that was, that was really good. And then it's sort of, there's a lot of other sort of, I was kind of, I'm looking back at some of the, the reviews. I really enjoyed the new June. Um, I thought the new June was really good. Oh, that was last year. What's yeah. Oh, that was a 2021, wasn't it? Yeah, it was last year. Sorry, yeah. ignore me. Yeah, sorry, it was last year. <laughs> you uh, enjoyed it so much. Yeah, sorry, my bad. I'm thinking, I was sorry, I was flicking through. It. <laughs> my, oh, that's my, all right. I, I mean, be honest, you might not watch it until this year. Then yeah. you might go, okay, technically yeah. it was your 2020. No, uh, but yeah, Prey, I think, would be, I think, like Pete, Prey sort of definitely up there as well. Um, yeah. That being said, the new um, the new um, Black Panther was really good. I really enjoyed Shang-Chi as well. Um, yeah. That's that was 2021 good. as well. Was it? Was Shang-Chi 2021? Yeah, Shang-Chi was 2021, yeah. Wow. September 2021. All uh, right, so it was a tail end of it, right? Okay. I don't think I saw it until January, <laughs> so that's why I'm going to say 2021. Matt, did you see any 22 films this year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. But, um, no, no. yeah, so Prey, I, I give Prey definitely. That was another one of those films which I was, I was, and I was. Tr- What's the word? I was I had trepidations about it because you know any predator film recently has been a bit naff, um, and it came out and it just blew everything out of the water. And it was a lower budget film, and it was a film yeah. that was you know it, it was effectively a TV film, and it sort of it, it was set... it was a TV film. It wasn't effectively it, it was. was a TV film, and mm. yeah, so yeah, really, really, really enjoyed that. But definitely, everything, everywhere, all at once was one hundred percent my favorite film. Of uh, yeah. of the year, yeah, as well. Oh. Just, just watching it, like I'll watch it going. This is like the Matrix, but for modern day. And Kane is going. This is like Cheech and Chong for the modern day. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, well, yeah, that's both a fair. You know, well, that's that's good that you know there are different interpretations of a work like that. And yeah. if you do get two sides like that. I don't think you can really argue because it's like, well, hang on, both of you're seeing it from one, yeah, and it's it's nice because it shows that this film is actually open to a lot of people. A lot of people do yeah. get something out of it, so yeah, all good. And the kung fu was amazing. I mean, oh yes, oh yeah. I mean, which Michelle Yeoh is a fantastic um, extant person, actress, and martial artist, and it shows. Yeah, she does some fantastic kung fu work, and I was going. I was actually speaking to Sifu about it and going, yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah. 
Um, I was just thinking about films. There was one that I would say just about misses my top three, but I still really enjoyed. Um, Clerks Three. I've not seen it. Yet. Um, I've still not seen it yet. No. Not seen it. I, well, I, I was surprised because it, it it's what it's weird that a Kevin Smith film is actually on near where I live. I normally have to go into like Leicester Square or something to go and watch it. But um, yeah, Clerks Three was on only up the road from where I lived, and I watched it. I remember probably about only about a couple of dozen people in the cinema at the same time, but it I I really enjoyed it. It's a very um I mean it's still good bit of comedy in it, but compared to a lot of the um skew movies, it is quite upsetting in some places. There yeah. is a, a lot of emotion in it and um you know I don't I don't want to spoil it because I reckon you you I mean I know Matt, yeah, I know you we will be watch watching it. it. We will but um but but do you know what I, I think if, if if that was to be like Kevin Smith's last film, I think that was a perfect, like you know, almost like perfect epitome. Really, is that mm. the best word to say? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm saying words. I'm making. Uh, it's um, I've been up for like four, I've been up for I've been up for sixteen hours. Am I saying the right words or not? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I I thought that was really good. And the only reason I wouldn't rank it into a top three is because there are some bits, especially in the middle of the movie, which do let it down a bit. It does get bogged down in its own Kevin Smithness, let's just say. But, you know, that that's to be expected. But still a good movie. We got, like, there's a lot of films that have come out this year and stuff. I'm looking through a list of them at this moment in time. <laughs> um, so we've got, like, things we have. Obviously, Black Adam. So what were people's view, quick views on Black Adam? Um, <laughs> it... It was it was definitely a film. Um, yes, yeah. To be fair, that's a definite one of the films. Definition. One of the films that came out this year. Um, <laughs> I thought it, it was a good. So, I think it was a good start. I think it was. A, it was, a, it was yeah. all right. Yeah. It was all right, but I think they missed out on a lot of potential with the Black Adam character, and uh, I think they wasted. I think, especially with the supporting cast, I think that some of them acted out really well, but they really didn't. They didn't do well with the actual source material when you think about it, especially with Hawkman as well. Yeah. They really missed a point on him. Hawkman um, just spends uh, most of that film getting beaten can up. We, <laughs> can we, can we, um, I'll take it, you both have seen it, haven't you? Yeah, I've seen it. Oh. No interest. Oh, well, no interest. Oh, oh, okay. So you're right if I just spoil one of the biggest things about Hawkman. Head, so, yeah. so Hawkman, one of these things is that, you know, he's known to reincarnate. Every time he dies, he reincarnates again. And uh, and but one of the plot points of the movie is that he's spared from death. It's like, this is a character that will just come back to life. So why is someone making such an effort to keep him alive when he's just going to come back anyway? It's a bit... Yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed it. But um, yeah, it, it, I think it's a good foundation for where DC, uh, the yeah. DCU is going. Um, okay, so what else have we got? We've got uh, Mor- Morbius, which I've not seen and oh, have, zero, have zero interest in seeing. Can I, can I just say that Morbius has probably, um, and this is no exaggeration, it probably has the worst ever post credit scene I've ever seen in a movie. And it is just one of these, and you know where you watch a film and you go, Hmm, I can see that they've done some editing. This is probably not exactly the same scene as it was supposed to be. It looks like they've chopped up some bit with Morbius that should have been probably halfway in the movie 
And all of a sudden, they've just, uh, oh, fuck it. You guys ain't going to watch it anyway. Um, they throw Michael Keaton's vulture into it. Oh, yeah. And he just that, does yeah. this. Yeah, he just comes swooping in to this farm area where Morbius is for whatever reason. And he goes, um, hmm, don't know how I got here. I think it's something to do with Spider-Man. I reckon some guys like us should team up and do some good. And Morbius just all, right, right, some way, well, he just goes intriguing. And that's it. The film just cuts off there. It's like, what the fuck was that? I don't get <laughs> what. Why did you bring in Michael Keaton for some stupid post-credits? There's no point. You've tried to tie this in somehow with everything that happened in Spider-Man No Way Home, but you don't know why you've done it. You've just gone, yeah, oh, we can pay Michael Keaton a few quid to come and do some bullshit lines and uh, we'll get him in the vulture outfit. Yeah, why not? <laughs> so, got, ob- oh. so we had, obviously, we'll move on. So there's ob- like a load of other uh, yeah. Marvel films that have come out this year, obviously, because it's, you know, it's Marvel and just pumped them out. So we had Thor: Love and yes. Thunder, which was oh, it was uh, it, it was, was fun. It was okay. It, was it wasn't even fun. It was they, just... over, they overdid the comedy. I think it took the edge off. Um, it was totally of... inconsistent. You yeah. went from a very serious to slapstick humor, and it was just really not appropriate. Yeah. Um, I... It felt very by the numbers. Yes, agree. And it just felt you needed someone to run in Taika Wakiki. Yeah, it was like he was he was trying to, it was like it, it was um, just like, you know, people people like this. They wanted uh, more of um for Ragnarok. So let's really up it up and oh, let's yeah. up, but they up overdid the humor. it. Yeah. yeah. No, the reason why Four Ragnarok worked is because you got the series and you got the humour and they've balanced out well. You don't have that tone of clash like you have in Love and Thunder. I... I think what they should have done is, I, I think like from halfway in the movie when um you know this film's been outbreaking let's just go for it a bit when the um the, the kids of Asgard got kidnapped I think then the tone should have gone a lot more serious because you mm. know this is quite a grey thing this is something very important this yeah. is something that could be potentially really bad and you know they're joking about you know um Astrid's head when it's like floating around he's going yes oh you're projecting oh let me project to you and let me do this it's like what um Ah, that film yeah you know, it's the beginning what they should the what they should have done what the read if they want to kind of really make a proper mighty father is not have chris helmsworth in it and just have Ooh. jane foster jane foster in it no i, I think i don't think i having, like the dynamic between yeah, the, the two yeah it's just they overdid it have you right have you you've seen have you seen the film groundhog day before right yeah yeah you, yeah you've seen groundhog day right so this is what for me what it was like you know so he's he's doing things and he realizes certain things work so he's working on uh and i can't remember the name of the actress but the girl um who he's sort of kind of trying to seduce and he sort of has certain things where he's like oh she likes french so he he learns sort of like french poetry and he he realizes that he she likes sort of she wants to have kids and things so he's just like oh i see myself in the hills having i've got kids having kids and things like that and every time he strikes out he learns something new to sort of kind of get better and then it gets to the point where even that's you know that stuff seems to work but he he pushes it too far and there's a bit in it where he's literally just sort of like 
he's like playing in the snow with her and he, he just goes i just want to have loads of kids and he, he starts he's doing everything he starts kind of going overdoing it like there's that bit where he lit and she's like gets a bit scared off and it's just like taiko waikiti's done the same thing where he's literally yeah. just gone well this works and this works and then he's just rumped uh, it he's just rumped it up too much and everybody's gone and gone whoa whoa <laughs> i i think the first cracks came from um and the opening bit when um you know when Thor's with the Guardians and it's that whole opening sequence I thought that was so fantastic. But then what kills it is when he gets the screaming goats. Yeah. Funny at first, funny at first. But when you have the screaming goats about ten times as your punchline in the film, that's when it gets a little bit too much. That's yeah. when you go. Screaming yeah, goats were just a bit annoying. Yeah. That's what I mean. At first, if you've done it the once, done. And then, yeah. they, uh, you know, we should have just gone, um, yeah, no, we don't need these. And they just get thrown onto some planet. And that could have been, I don't know, could have been like some weird little Marvel cameo that would have been gone. Oh, oh, why, why have I got this? Um, and that would have been it. But I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I enjoyed for Love and Thunder. It wasn't I, bad. I think, it was just, it, it yeah, missed the trick. It just wasn't. It just felt like, it felt like, like you say, it, there was some very by the number stuff in it. But I think also with this film, I think that there were some great ideas, but it's because where, you know, you're dealing with some serious stuff. You know, you're dealing with a character that, you know, um, like Gore the God Butcher, he's going out because he believes this is his way of getting revenge, like, you know, for his life of dedication to uh, deity. He's now going to decide, no, I'm going to wipe out all gods. And then you've got the whole Jane Foster side where, you know, she's trying to not die from stage four cancer. You know, there's some very serious stuff. But, you know, a lot of the jokes are coming about, you know, Thor and his love between his hammer and his axe. That was That's good. Where... That was quite I mean, good. good. With the axe just sort of appears. Like, well, yeah. No, but I like the bit when he goes, like, what was it, when he goes to find the kids and all of a sudden um, Stormbreaker just throws him back down to the ground. He goes, "What? what's all this about? Are you upset because of me and Mjolnir? Um, <laughs> that bit, yeah, that bit I quite enjoyed. Again, they overplayed it. Yeah. yeah it was funny at first. Yeah, they, I think you know Gore. They did. They they completely. They had a character there with a really really dark edge and something that mm. they should have played on more. But because of all the slapstick comedy, like in your face, like all the time, mm. like ha 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 ha. It's like his his sort of story got completely just. You know, it, it, just, it did seem to be disappeared at one yeah, point as well. It just wasn't. It just he, it, mm. he was. It was such a. He was like a, he was a great character, and I just don't. Th- and I think um, Christian Bale played him really well, and I just don't think he was given the chance um, to. It was yeah. he was just overshadowed by just sort of kind of this, you know, over the top sort of kind of comedy that yeah. really didn't but need to be there. If you if you look at the MCU from the last couple of years during this phase, I mean, we've had some fantastic villains. You know, we had Wen Wu, aka the real Mandarin in yep. Shang Chi. Yeah. Um, you also had um, the Scarlet Witch, Wanda, who, you know, fantastic villain. No matter what you think about the Doctor Strange movie, I think she was fantastic. To be fair, it, wasn't Doctor, it was a Wonder movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was With a Doctor Wonder Strange. Film. It was a Wonder film. Um, and as I said before, Namor, I think, was fantastic in the Black Panther movie. And even if you go to Spider-Man No Way Home, you know, seeing Willem Dafoe again as the Green Goblin, that was just such a good performance. That was just so terrifying when you see him like that on screen. 
And then, you know, you get characters that just just didn't hit that mark. And, um, you know, oh, I don't know. Um, we had, like, uh, so I'm trying to think. There's got, uh, so actually, here's another film, right, which I'm not sure if you, you, you both saw or not. The Northman. Did you see The Northman? No. no. I've heard right. good things about that it. That was really good. Like, really good. It's, it's... It's Hamlet. It's a fact that he's called Hamlet. So it's basically where Shakespeare is meant to have got the story of Hamlet from. Um, and the guy's called Hamlin. And it's sort of basically about a Northman, his family. It's really good. It's sort of like, um, it's got Ethan Hawk, uh, Ethan Hawk, Ethan Hawk, Ethan Hunt, Ethan What's the second? No, name? even 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 Hunt is the Tom Cruise character. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's right, Ethan Hawke. Yeah, it's right. Ethan Ethan Hawke. Yeah, it's Ethan Hawke. Yeah, sorry, oh, fucking hell, my name did. He's in it, but he does, you know. And it's got um, uh, oh god, Australian actress used to be married to Tom Cruise. Uh, Nicole, Kidman. Nicole Kidman. Yeah, oh, me and names. Um, but uh, yeah, so she, you know, both of them are really good in it, and it was just sort of like the whole thing was sort of. It was kind of Shakespearean in a certain way. You could sell the edge to it, but it was just, it was quite brutal. It was very trippy. It was sort of like, you know, kind of like Vikings meets, um, I, I don't know, something else, but it was, like, I think I put it in the review I did, but like really, really enjoyed it. Really, really, really well done. Um, and mm. um, definitely, if you've not seen it, worth worth a watch. Cool. What else have we got? So, Lightyear. Lightyear came out. I've not seen that. No, no. I didn't, didn't see it. What else have we got? Um, oh, I, one, one thing I saw. Oh, Netflix film, Interceptor, by Matthew Riley. Oh, not saw that. Yeah, it's um, ever reading Matthew Riley? No. Um, Australian author does lots of high-tech action um, novels, basically Hollywood action films in a book form. Okay. I will take your word for it. Really, really, it's a really fast-paced author. I right. mean, you'd like, if you like a good kind of action thriller, he's, the, he's yeah. a go-to guy. And he's, his first kind of... Well, he's done um, a adaption of one of his books, but then his proper first directorial debut was Interceptor. And it was basically... Die Hard on an Interceptor base. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's really, really good. Basically, Interceptor bases are these kind of um, missile defense bases for targeting incoming missiles. And uh, basically, basically, like you know, one, there's this one remaining base which is being targeted by terrorists and they're kind of holding out against it. And it's just a really good stripped down action thriller. You had, oh. um, you also had the Adam Project, which uh, obviously. Oh yeah, uh, that, was, that was quite enjoyable. That was quite enjoyable. Yeah, I thought that was quite good. Um, speaking of Netflix films, um, you had the um, Enola Holmes sequel yeah, as well. That yeah, was good. That which was good. I I did enjoy. I yeah. thought it was pretty good, especially um, they the, actually had more Henry Cavill in it as yeah, a bit, Sherlock. A bit more dynamic between them as well, which was good. Yeah, yeah. It felt a bit more mature as well, which I thought was quite a quite a nice pace but um i look forward to enola Holmes free which um i'm sure must be getting made come on yeah. it's gotta be gotta happen. come on you've got to keep henry cavill in one contract with you guys come on <laughs> okay so what are we moving on to next games oh let's do tv Ooh. tv let's do tv let's do tv then. okay right so tv of 2022 so what, what are we gonna that? do top top three tv shows again um i have oh. do you know what i haven't this 
I've been watching mostly TV shows rather than films. Um, I just find it easy to consume given family and everything. But the top film, sorry, top TV show of this year has to be The Sandman, hands down. That was good. That was really good. I mean, um, to put this into context, I've read, read the comics back in the 80s and 90s. Loved them. And I loved this series. This was like, yeah, this was Sandman, as I remember it and how I visualised it. Now, my wife, Kalia, who had never read the Sandman comics, enjoyed Neil Gaiman's writing, but never kind of read the Sandman comics, loved it as well, said this is the best series we've watched in a long time. So many things. I'm, I'm looking at all the programmes and stuff. Yeah. So, like, I, uh, Peacemaker, <laughs> I've not seen yet. The Halo series, I've oh, not seen yet. I would yeah. also recommend Into the Night on Amazon Prime. Still not seen Andor yet. That's still on my list to do. It's That's Andor Andor's fantastic. Yeah. Really, a proper television sequel or prequel to uh, Rogue One. There's no force in it. There's barely any space battles. It is just a spy thriller in the Star Wars universe, yeah. and really yeah. well done. And, yeah. And do you know what? I keep forgetting that it was this year as well. Um, season three of The Boys. Oh man, which yeah. was so much. Yes. That first episode, Stranger Things season four. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. oh yeah. Big that time. That yeah. was so good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that was literally just compulsive. You you had to just binge it because it was just so gripping. Um, and I will say one thing as well: their portrayal of the satanic panic um, in the series was yeah. spot on. Because it's something I've been looking into myself for research, and yeah, it... <laughs> I've been looking into Sonic stuff for research. Obviously, yep, yep. <laughs> for research. research, but yeah, I've got a book coming out in in February about it, and oh, okay, <laughs> yes, <laughs> hence <Right>. research. <laughs> and no, they absolutely nailed the claims and the hysteria uh, that you know people that should have I... known better whipped up about it. And yeah, but Stranger Things season four was just fantastic. I keep, I keep forgetting about some of the shows that came out because this year has actually been. I think because where you had a lot of delays, obviously with the with the COVID and um, yeah, you know, so many productions that just could get getting pushed back, pushed back. There was just so much. I think this year for TV has definitely been one of the best years for a. Yeah, a long, a, long time. Yeah, it has been a lot. You've got sort of, obviously, Moon, Moon Knight, which Matt completely didn't well, see the end. Yes, because Matt, Matt missed um, the <laughs> post-credits scene. Yeah, Matt, Matt, and we Matt, had to tell him to go and watch it. And I had to watch it just uh, during a podcast. I was like, oh yeah. my God, <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, The Expanse. Yeah, ex- concluded. Oh, yeah, Expanse. Yeah, that was so uh, good. That was very good overall. The series was very good. I don't think the season could have done would be. Oh, a bit yeah, they, they rushed it. Six episodes wasn't enough to tie it up. Just won't wait enough. But there is, there is that kind of door there that they can do sequels. It's there for them. I just, it's just so frustrating that they could have done more with it. Yeah. And we also had Obi Wan Kenobi as well, which was enjoyable, <sighs> um, but not. I think, I think they actually did quite good with Obi Wan. And they um, do, especially at the can. end. At the end of it, when they kind of made a bit more sense that, um, with the gap between episode three and four, because you now know why um, Obi-Wan calls Anakin Darth Vader instead of Anakin, you get that little sense. There's a couple of little bits that do get tied up as well. I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was... Um, yeah, there were some filler episodes, definitely. Should have been I, a film instead of a, a series. But. I think what the problem was is there's been so much story told about... Um, Obi-Wan. 
they were very constrained about the stories they could tell that was left. Yeah. And so the business, they had kind of had to kind of keep everything before and after in place, and that kind of yeah. really aligned the story tightly. But that kind mm. of meant that they couldn't tell as, as expansive story as they could have done. So it's the best they could have done, but it just wasn't that much. You could yeah. there are better stories to tell, I think, in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, Look and- at so just and on. <laughs> <laughs> um, if, and it's not so much geeky, but I'd probably say definitely within my top two at worst uh, was the final season of Better Call Saul. Um, okay, do you know what? I, I have mean, not I, seen any Better Call Saul. I loved, yeah. Yeah, but do you know what? I love Breaking Bad when it was on. But yeah, I'd yeah. probably have to say Better Call Saul has proven to be a better show. I think the writing is just spot on. The acting is just world class, and just how they go back and forth because it's not just all set before Breaking Bad there are snippets that do go into the future and um, especially in the last season they do tie up a lot of what's gone on with Saul when he went on the run at the end of Breaking Bad when he's trying to live this different life he's trying to you know try not to be Saul Goodman but he keeps bringing parts of his personality out they do keep um, getting shown and then he's there are people that um, knew him in Albuquerque that do find him and they sort of bring him back into this life of crime to a degree and I tell you it's just it's just such a good show I and every episode was just gripping it was so exciting and the last episode I think has got to be one of the finest hours of TV you will ever get to watch you know I don't think it's it, it can't compete with a scale like Stranger Things, I will admit, because that Stranger Things finale, I don't think anything's going to really top that no. for a long time. But Better Call Saul was just, for me, it was just a perfect piece of television. It was just from beginning to end, it told a brilliant story. And if Bob Odenkirk doesn't get all the awards coming to him in the next few months, there is some de- there is some definite injustice in this world. Or the Sandman. Or yeah. the Sandman. Oh, Sandman. Sandman. Sandman was great. Sam- yeah. I think Sandman got snubbed at um because we had the Golden Globe nominations yeah. earlier, and I don't remember seeing Sandman. Sandman should at very least win um effects awards because those were just oh, another that level. Was, yeah, that was good. That was yeah. some fantastic. Another jobs. great series I watched was Peripheral. No, I don't believe that. No, I watched that. Yet. Um, I'm still really on good. it. It, it increasingly deviates from the original novel it's based upon by William Gibson, but it's telling a very good tale. And But it's a series you have to pay attention to. You can't look at your phone, you're like, oh, text, and you've got to really watch it and pay attention because this series does not take any hostages. It yeah. just goes with it. Oh, and, and here's one. I've got one for a bit of contention. Um, we had the, the last episodes of The Walking Dead, just a uh, a Thank few goodness. weeks ago, yeah, I, I stopped. Yeah, I, I got bored thing of that. Is, is that <laughs> I stuck to it from beginning to end, and I think they tied it up really nicely. The only problem is, is that I knew they were going to do it. They are expanding to more spin-offs, and they're going to, you know, I think, I think what they should have done. And don't get me wrong, the ending was really good, but I think they should have had a bit more of a definitive. Yep, this is the end. But the last five, ten minutes is kind of like, oh, no, we're setting off this spin-off. We're setting up yeah. this spin-off. And it's like, oh, come on, guys. Why? You're not Marvel. You don't yeah. have to do this. Have you, you can't read, just have an end. Have you read the comics? Oh, yeah, I've, I've read the comics. Yeah, um, I think I think that in the comics, 
spoiled it for me because then you watch a TV show and thinking it's just it just, yeah. it just the, story, the stories in the TV show are just nowhere as compelling as those in the comics. I I think the problem is is because you know when you do a comic you ain't got to worry about your actors you know and the budget do, yeah and then when the TV show obviously kept going and I think one of the biggest problems was Andrew Lincoln when he left because you know he was Rick Grimes this was your main character mm. and it's like how do you carry on this show without your main character and then they sort of worked in the storylines that he had in the comics they worked them into the show but they used different characters so. Um, Aaron's character sort of took on some of Rick's items. So, you know, he had like, he had like Rick, Rick's beard that he grew like later yeah. on in the books. And then he had the, he had his arm, he had his hand cut off as well. So he was sort of fulfilling that part. And then Michonne, obviously when she left, um, a lot of her stuff went to um, Yumiko's character, um, went to the character of Yumiko. So that was kind of like remixing that side. And then, where there's no Carl Wyver, so there was some definite weird gaps there. Compared, yeah. it, uh, but do you know what? I think for what they had, I think it, it ended on quite a nice note, and it was it was still compelling towards the end. There was a lot of problems with that show. I, I, never I will counter that with that. saying it's basically misery porn. Yeah, I just, I, I just got it was just too formula. It was getting too formulaic for me. I was just yeah. like, I, I, I was finding when I got bored. Of, I think the last episode I watched was the one that Carl died in and stuff, and I was just like, I'm, oh, I'm done. Not be arsed with this anymore. But you it, lasted longer than I yeah, did, dude. It was just sort of like yeah. it was getting to the point where I'd watch it with my housemate at the time, and we would, we would sit there on our phones. We'd watch it every week, but we'd watch the first episode because it was generally quite good. The mid-season finale, which was generally quite good, and then the last season, the last episode. But between that, we watched the other episodes. So like, so what's this random character we don't care about doing today? Oh, right, they're doing this, and I'm, I'm not interested. So you just sit there and you just sort of play on your phone now and again, paying attention, and it had zero bearing on what was going on really. And you're just like, I'm not bothered. I just want you know the governor to do this or Negan to do that and these things and you're just like <laughs> wasn't getting very much and it's like yeah. oh we're very we find a new place we're very happy oh no these people are trying to destroy the new place we've got to move and then it was like that mm. over and over and, and over um, again <laughs> it's like i'm bored and I, I just and i just want to make a note on one more tv show that i know a lot of people didn't like or just didn't understand or just hated it because you know it was fronted by a woman um, and that was She-Hulk. Oh, I that thought She-Hulk really was, was, was very yeah. fun. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I thought it was the probably writing one was, of the most... Uh, yeah, it was really good. It they, was one of the most accurate portrayals, like if you go from comic to screen. Yeah. But... I thought I'd say of like the, of the American legal system, thinking, no, it's not. But yeah, of the, of the comics, it's perfect. Pitch perfect. Yeah. yeah. I oh, no, def- definitely not a patch on the American legal system, but yeah. But, <laughs> yeah they oh, and I love the walk of shame. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was just... Yeah, brilliant. So... And just having Matt Murdock happy. Yeah, yeah. And it just I, it, it had its own angle, and it was yeah. sort of it was yeah. it it wasn't sort of trying to be anything else than it was and stuff. And it was just sort of kind of had that sort of Ali McBeal sort of kind of nineties feel to it with a sort of kind of mm. comedy edge. And it was sort of like yeah, it was it was just really good. And I thought but... you know I I really enjoyed it. I, you know. It was just nice to see these characters sort of dipping in and out. So um, you had Tim Roth as the Abomination, who um, you know has just become like this, this like almost like freelance hippie, and he's just you know he's enjoyed having like you know 
loads of women that want to marry him. He goes off. He has his own retreat for superheroes and supervillains. Um, you got Wong as well, who appears in a few episodes. Yeah, Wong. On. Who doesn't just... like Benedict Wong? Come on, that's... <laughs> Wong was really nicely done, and his friendship with <laughs> was just oh, Madison. Ma- yeah. Madison with with a Y, but not what you think. And <laughs> yeah, it was just it was such like completely different characters, but they were just so well balanced with each other. Oh. It was just yeah, really. And... It was a heartwarming series. But... The, 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 but the funniest thing for me was when you read some of the comments online and you see like all these people that go, yes, you're you're making the MCU too female based. I want my men back. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? This is this is a TV show. You know, you've had so many years of just male fronted MCU films, you know, and now because they're trying to give a bit of equality. And to be honest, you know, the She-Hulk series was doing something completely different. You definitely did not have anything else like this. What's wrong with you? Oh, it's too different. We want the same. We want the same stuff like every film. Um, no, no, that'd be, that'd be I was, stupid. I, was, um, I want something different. I mean, that's why I've liked, really enjoyed the Marvel TV shows this uh, this phase. Oh, because each one is totally unique. There's no repetition yeah. between wow. any of them. They're all just, vastly different. Not sure if I, I like Miss Marvel. Not thing. sure if I like Miss Marvel to be honest. It's sort of like I Ms. watched. Miss Marvel the... was good. Yeah, I didn't hear it, but it just didn't really. Grip, it didn't really grip me. I think it was a, it was a target a different audience than yeah. you, Matt. Basically, yeah. uh, but... it really captured her life, and I thought that was such a rich tale that was being told. Um, unfortunately, though, the the whole Miss Marvel thing's been a bit overshadowed with um, by the actors and uh, allegations against it. But anyway, we won't we won't mm. mention on it. Um, the, the one that plays um, Kamala's father, um, there's been some stuff about him that's... Um, anyway, um, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, but can I just say one other thing? Werewolf by Night, that was that was brilliant. Werewolf by Night was an example yeah. of Marvel when they go, okay, let's do something not just different, but let's go like full-on like creative. Let's go, okay, let's bring in a vision that just stands out and it's just you know it's exciting it it's delightfully enough to, hammer yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was brilliant it was just corny but fun yeah. you know? I was expecting Blade to turn up I must admit oh, I, I think I think that to have it as it was and not have really any crossover yeah. with any other characters I think well I'll see apart from apart from Ted which uh, you know you, you're going to have anyway but yeah. <laughs> but yeah I, I, I really enjoyed it and I hope that these are characters that we do see weaved in in the future. Maybe even in the Blade movie, hopefully. Yeah, that would be good. That would be good. Well, I guess we've got our final two sort of big things that sort of kind of happened this year is obviously um, the uh, Rings of Power and uh, the House, yeah. of the, House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon. Well, Matt, you're going to roast me for this, but House of the Dragon was basically dynasty, but with dragons and a lot more shoving. I haven't, you know I'd what, I, I haven't watched them all. I've only got the episode six, oh, and then I sort of, that, I, I know what happens because I've read the book, but it's right. just sort of like, yeah, so it's not really an issue. I kind of, you know, it doesn't bother me, but um, I haven't watched them all, <laughs> and I haven't had the, I didn't hate it, I enjoyed it, I just didn't have, I haven't had the inclination to carry on, so it's just that, sort of, that speaks a lot, especially for a fan of the, the whole um, Game of Thrones uh, and Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah, it's just the mm. um, I think it's just the the bad taste that got left in my mouth after the last <laughs> one that I I, yeah. I just you know uh, I I know what happens. It's a good sort of like 
what the sort of kind of whole thing that goes on, the you know, the civil war and stuff, I you know, that's uh it's a good angle and if they do it properly it could be really good. I just haven't sort of I, brought myself to it. I, I felt I felt the time jumps were a little bit jarring at times. Yeah, I was it, like, especially like after episode one, all of a sudden it goes, Oh no, we've jumped ahead however many and then it's like episode three. Oh no, we've jumped ahead another year. Um yeah. like, yeah, it, it loses that narrative momentum. Yeah. Whereas, like, obviously, Game of Thrones was, you know, it was almost like, well, not so much real time, but you know, it was, it was like the weird time. So, yeah, yeah. the time. And it was just like, it was just like House of Dragon. I thought, by the time I get to the end of the series, I thought, right, are we going to have like Eddard Stark again? You know, doing his Winter is Coming speech. I thought this is going to be the end of this is going to be the end of House of the Dragon. It's just literally going to be episode one of Game of Thrones because that's what it felt like that we were yeah. coming to. But um. I mean, I I liked it. I I thought it was quite fun. Um, I think um, you know Matt Smith um, was just. <laughs> I think he was just bloody brilliant. And yeah. uh, he was he was, he was a lot of fun. I mean, it didn't help that all the oh, characters yeah. were basically being cocks with each other. Yeah, but uh, Matt Smith was also a dicks. lot of fun in Morbius. Matt Smith was the only thing about Morbius that I enjoyed because he knew that was a bad movie, but he just had a hell of a time. <laughs> and, a, and a decent contract. And then we had the Rings of Power, which um, I... Oh, I, no. Really? I, I enjoyed it. I think it, I, I enjoyed I, it. I, um, I, what, I, I really I really struggled to watch it. I, I think it got better I, I got, as it went on. <sighs> I think I, I, I didn't like Anna, Anna Smith Sparks summed it up best. Do you remember Matt? What's that? Said again. Anna, I think Anna Smith Sparks summed it up best when she really wanted to enjoy, it, but there were just some elements of the writing that just did not make it work. I mean, especially like the the language and the dialogue that was used, and like, oh, I have a, I have a new project for you. I'm talking. To, that's what something a boss says, not like you know an ancient elf lord in Middle Earth. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I, 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 I like I, it. I, it looked amazing. It looked beautiful. I just wish they could have spent a bit more on the writing. But yeah. I will. I will watch. I will watch the. I will say this. I will watch the second season of Rings of Power, but I will not watch the second season of um, House of Dragons. Dragon. House of Dragons. Dragon. Yeah. I'm the opposite. I'll watch second season of House of Dragon, but I'm not going to watch second season of Rings of Power. Uh, I think you'd be, I'd be shooting. I think Rings of Power is it's it it's sort of easing people into yeah. what's going. On. I reckon they'll really. Ooh. I think they'll knock it out of the park in the second se- the second season and stuff because they've got that sort of feedback and they'll sort of work with it and stuff. And I think they've got like you know it, it's it's it was a feast for the eyes and yeah, there was it, 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 it was it, oh, there was a lot of sort of. They had a lot of little Easter eggs in there. I'm still not 100% sure that that's Gandalf. I still don't no. think that potentially could be Saruman. Um, I know as much as everybody's sort of kind of, because they're sort of kind of signposting Gandalf. But And I'll, I'll put this out there, that it, if it's Gandalf, and they've given a lot of things to say it's Gandalf, but Gandalf never goes to Rune. Saruman does, and that's where he gets the Palantir and stuff, and that the sort of the beginning of his corruption, effectively, and stuff. And it's just like, so he goes, he technically it's Saruman with two of the blue wizards goes yeah. off the road and stuff. Where so it's like, and it also says that, um, you know, his he has this thing about being, um, you know, he saw what he would do to the world, you know, the evil he's done and stuff, and he, and, you know, he 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 is not that person. But the thing is, it's like. Saruman was originally a good, um, a good 
a good wizard. Um, yeah, Sam White. Yeah, and he was sort of you know, mm. it's just he got corrupted. So it's it could be his corruption. And, and I think that would be a good angle to go for. You know, signposting Gandalf's all well and good for everybody to go, oh, it's Gandalf. But sort of like, you know, <laughs> yeah, having they never a, explicitly yeah. said it's Gandalf. Yeah, having a Saruman, which I think is a good shite, is a good thing because you would have, because the thing about the Cimmerillion is it's a lot darker than the other books and stuff like that. There's a lot more to it. There's a lot darker, like I've always said. And having somebody who you warm to, somebody really sort of like, you know, like, like you think is Gandalf and then suddenly he turns and then becomes, um, you know, Saruman, the corrupted Saruman, then that's, that's a, a good a good angle and i think it's sort of i appreciate that doesn't happen uh, until sort of like you know the tail end of um the tail end of the hobbit slash you know the start of lord of the rings and stuff but you you could have it where they build it up and then he admits at the end that he's saruman and you go oh no this person that we love is going to turn into an absolute shitbag and stuff you know it's i like that angle i think that's a really good sort of angle to have. yeah right um what time is it one twenty-one. Um, um, do you want to talk about games? Um, I, I quite enjoy video games this year. What have you been playing? Um, uh, Pete, Pete, Pete's obviously not. Um. <laughs> I've not been playing. I, um, I might be getting an Xbox Series X for Christmas. Good lad, good lad. Um, so like my, my gameplay. <laughs> no, and also there's so much good TV out there that I've been more watching TV shows than playing games that said um, cyberpunk 2077 has been great on the on my beast new, new laptop so i've been enjoying that oh no yeah joe if i was to say about some of the games i've played um i really i probably have to say at the moment my favorite game of the year is between god of war ragnarok yeah. which is just a feast for the eyes it's just probably the most spectacular looking game and just such a great story and it's between that and Bayonetta 3. Bayonetta is probably one of my favourite franchises ever in video gaming because um, I just love that it. it's over the top. It's just completely crazy. It's really funny. And it's got nothing to do that with the main character becomes naked every time she uses her powers. It's got nothing to do with that at all, I promise you guys. It's got nothing to do with that. Um, but do you know what? I, I love it because I think it's just... it's. I like a game that goes, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It tries to make itself like this really big like apocalyptic event. But at the same time, you've got an, like a protagonist that's just like having a laugh with everything. Like, you know, to activate one of the, um, like one of these uh, podium things, she's literally pole dancing around. <laughs> you know, to, it's like, okay, um, that's weird, but all right, let's uh, carry on with it. And then, you know, um, then you've got another character called Viola who, um, she has a demon that lives in her sword called Cheshire, um, who is basically a giant demon cat. So she throws the sword out and this big cat thing just goes out attacking things. But at the same time, he's just an absolute big softy. You know, he likes coming up for cuddles or, you know, he um, you know, just bashes you out of the way and all this stuff. But um, do you know what? If, and it's only on Nintendo Switch. So obviously it has got a bit of a limited audience. But I, I love the game. I think it's just really fun, really funny. And just um, it's one of the games that, unfortunately, the hardware does let it down because the Switch is now nearly six years old. Right. And it was already lacking compared to 
like you know playstation 4 and xbox one at the time um but really good game but um yeah god of war ragnarok is the other one that i would say is very heartfelt and if you've played any of the god of war games this is just something completely different it's a very good story about father and son there's a lot about greek mythology in particular um not, not sorry not just greek mythology this is like more the norse side of mythology so norse mythology you've got four, yeah you've got you've got four you've got odin um you've got many other characters and creatures that do pop up and not just that but this is a game where the side missions are not just um exciting but the side missions do give you a lot on the story so you are learning a lot more about these characters you're probably exploring things and learning things at the same time and i love a game that you can just go off on the side mission you go hang on i've been doing this now four or five hours i haven't got back onto the story <laughs> Sky, the skyrim effect basically yeah but because of how well it's written and um you know it's 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 all these side missions as well very fully voice acted there are cut scenes as well so you can tell they put in a hell of a lot in this and christopher judge as kratos you know he's just it's just brilliant and if you see the game awards you know when you see his acceptance speech he was on that stage for nearly 10 minutes and i'll tell you what he earned every second on that stage that was yeah. just incredible performance yeah i've i've not played loads this year and stuff like um obviously there's loads of people banging on about elden ring and stuff being a big sort of game that's come out uh... stuff like not all right yeah i've not i've not played it because i I'm, I'm a bit i'm a one and i'm not a massive fan of the dark souls games because they're just too hard and i you know i like it's a little bit of an easy <laughs> ride these days um but um i what have i sort of played oh yeah age of empires 4 me and my brother have been playing like perpetually um for a long time now and it, it's obviously um a new version of the Age of Empires franchise, and they've done a really, really good job with it. Lots of good support, lots of updates, regular updates, um, new new races and stuff coming up. So loving that, loving the Age of Empires 4. I think it's really, really, really good. Um, lots of good sort of extra parts to it. There's a big sort of competitive community going for it now. And stuff. Not that me and my brother are very competitive and stuff. We just like playing long games where you build massive fortifications and attack with huge armies and stuff. So that's been playing well. Um, <laughs> Aliens Fireteam Elite uh, was really Ooh. good. I've just recently completed the uh, DLC for it. Um, don't get me wrong; the storylines just—it's literally <laughs> go go into go into hive or 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 ship and destroy it's... hordes of aliens and stuff. There's not a lot to it, but it's really enjoyable. It's... It's, really, it's, it's Rainbow very, Six. What's the sound it's design Rainbow like? Six in space. Oh yeah, it's got oh mate, it's got everything. It's got uh, like it's got all those sounds. So when you like, it's when you when you kill, you you get the sort of kind of like that sort of elephant sound whenever they sort of yeah. kind of get shot. The pulse rifles sound just like the pulse rifles. Oh, whenever nice. you get that sort of kind of beep beep from your motion oh. tracker and stuff, and they come from everywhere. And like especially when you're playing on the harder and shit, and it gets really like you get it's it's really intense. Like it's. There's not a lot to it. It literally is very much it's formulaic. You go in. There's loads. Of, there's aliens as you go as you go along, and then you get to these points where you have to press a button, and that means something big is going to happen. So yeah. you have to literally set up uh, like turrets and things like that, and then and then stave off loads of like 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 waves and waves of aliens. And as much as that, it happens in every single mission. 
it's not boring because there's just so much going on and like literally all the different type of weapons you can pulse ground smart rifle smart guns and stuff like that and it's it's really it's really enjoyable and it's good like me and my brother played through it quite a lot and then i finished off on my own you have like two ais with you and stuff and they're they're not too bad and um yeah it's just sort of you know it's it's good i I quite enjoy that game does work better that game does work better if you have actually got two people with you because if you can communicate you can like you say when you've got them moments when you've got a arm yourself you're putting turrets out that's when you really do need to communicate you go to someone right you go down that corridor you yeah, put yeah. some track at the, oh you yeah. go down that one and, um, yeah and yeah i had I, to, I, I, I enjoyed it i, I had to sort of reduce the hardness on it I, I have to admit because i was getting absolutely owned on my own and stuff because the ai's just sort of kind of run around and they're not they're following you when they shouldn't be they should be sort of kind of finishing off in bottleneck they should be sort of standing in bottlenecks and shooting things down and you're like i'm gonna go down here and then they follow you and they're like no you need to stay there so i can sort of do this and then you're did like, you ever play star wars republic commando no i didn't actually oh yeah I, I yeah it's, it's a squad based star wars game where you play like a elite squadron of uh republic commandos and that had brilliant squad mechanics basically it was like it's all use the deep idea go there shoot that go there and you're busy yeah. and it was just so you felt like the entire point of it was it was not a first person shooter it was a squad yeah control mm-hmm. but from the first person and it felt like you were commanding a squad and i think the tagline is like um the, your gun's not the weapon your squad is the weapon and it's true you mm-hmm. have to use your team yeah your squad to defeat to defeat the enemy right. if you don't if you just try to treat it as a first person shooter you will get completely pwned but that's when games could be a bit more imaginative, and um, you know that I think what, Republic Command was that was that like eighteen years ago now? I think two thousand and four, two thousand five, because it was it was yes. just before I think it was before Revenge of the Sith came out. Yeah. So um, yeah, Joe, you know, I did actually because I did have it on the original Xbox before, but I've actually bought it for the Switch because it came up on the sale. Because I thought I've never played it a bit before, I did quite enjoy it, and you see it come up for two pounds, you're like, okay. If anything, it's on, the, it's on the library. It's on the library if I ever want to go back onto it. But then, you know, comes to Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic is still my all-in-all favorite. It's very, it's very different game to Knights of the Old Republic. Oh yeah, I know, I know, I know. But I think, I think because Kotor just had such a great story yeah. to it, and I played it through like three times. Story now. though in Republic Condor, it's really good. It really yeah. is. And yeah, I mean, I've played Kotor several times, and I know the story back to it i want you stories and i want you star wars stories so yeah we put it really really do recommend oh, jedi jedi survivor coming out in march i know yep i'll we we put myself forward for that yeah i'll be good <laughs> really going for that one i do enjoy these um the last one and um, my um eldest son uh, he's my 11 year old playing the uh jedi what's the jedi the first jedi game. Order. Thank you, Fallen Lord. And yeah, I'm going, right, go there, do that. Like, do this, do that. And it's like, I'm just completely backseat. Uh, <laughs> backseat <gaming>. batting. <laughs> backseat dad, yeah. Right, go there, do that, do that. Like, get him, get him, get him, get him. Um, cool. <laughs> right, okay. Oh, and uh, one last game. And we'll, it's, not, it's not a video <laughs> game. It is the uh, Blade Runner role-playing game. Ah, uh, yes, okay. Yep. That, yeah, literally it's coming out tomorrow. Yeah, and it is fantastic. I mean, there's never ever been a Blade Runner role playing game ever. The license has been completely protected. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. The games have 
mimicked it like the like the investigative element or the you know replicant or the human or the replicant element but there's never been a true blade runner uh role playing game until now and the starter set the core rules and the uh james good i just works of art it really is a great system and it bakes into it like the replicants it bakes into it like the humanity element i mean this is this is very much again focused on recreating the investigation and the noir element of the blade runner films it's not oh. a so yeah if you're looking for a game that's really kind of investigative and really kind of questions the nature of humanity and what it means to be human and also what it means to be a replicant then that's the game for you. I mean, any fan of Blade Runner should just go out again. And the stars set comes like this, like, scenario. And the loads of handouts, like, though, and they've got this manila envelope, which you pull out, and they've got all the information in it. And that's just very tactile. But it's done in such a kind of the aesthetic of the original film. Yeah, yeah. That's the really paid attention to it and just recreates the essence of what made Blade Runner so special. So, yeah, I've been really, really having a lot of fun nerding out over that one. <laughs> As you can tell. Right. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll move on to our final section for today then our, our pop quiz um so i hope you've got a good to be a while put john joe so we need a good one from you sir oh do you, do you know what i was thinking about this earlier and i have actually got one i've okay. got one prepared all right then so what is it well i'm gonna tell you am i you got a guess i know um, but what what series uh, what, franchise, franchise. what franchise is it <laughs> i know i know um, did, it's did. DC. sorry <laughs> uh, dc dc okay oh well that's all me right then Okay, so uh, DC, 60 seconds, go. Uh, film? Uh, no, they've not appeared in the film, no. Oh. Okay, oh God. Are they a hero? Yes. Okay. Are they Have they got uh, power? Have they got powers? Um, no. So they don't, ha- they don't have powers? Are they part of the Bat family? No. Are they part of the Superman comics family? No, no, not. God, okay. my comic. Uh, on the on the powers thing, um, I believe he's got things that give him abilities, but he hasn't actually got powers himself. Does it's, he have power a armor? A... Um, technically, yes. Oh, it's not. He's, it's not. It's not Punisher, is it? No, it's Marvel. That's Marvel. Oh, that's Marvel. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say part of Marvel. Yeah. I was, I was, uh, I was, th- I was thinking about the. Um... Is it Green Lantern? No, it's not Green Lantern. No. Okay. Green Lantern's had the film. Mm. Oh yeah, Hawkman. <laughs> no. Uh, okay, sorry. Last sixty seconds is oh. Green Arrow. No, not Green Arrow, no. Alright, so one more question each and uh we can is this gonna be a really obscure DC character? Right, um okay. I I think it's actually quite obscure, but um yeah. So it should be obscure. <laughs> um okay You didn't say that. Uh yeah, but you, you know you know us, we're not sort of massive comic I'll, book I'll, nerds. I'll do an easier one next time then. Uh, oh god. <laughs> uh, I yeah, I, I don't know, man. I'm gonna clue. Um James Gordon? James Gordon. No. No, um, so the character I'm thinking of, he's had, I believe, only two or three appearances in live action TV. Um, it's a character called the Ray, Ray Terrell. He, um, 
he features in the Arrowverse um, Crisis on Earth X um, crossover. Yeah. Um, played by Russell, <laughs> Russell Tovey. <laughs> no, I gave up on um, DT Nango 2 one yeah, I don't know why, <laughs> when you said like he, he has weapons to sort of you know when the pun and I I, I know appreciate Punisher's yeah. Marvel but he gets his guns the heavenly guns yeah. and stuff like that so I thought it might be oh that, is that when uh, oh yeah that's, we we don't talk about that Matt we don't talk about <laughs> we, we don't we, we don't talk about Bruno yeah. um, okay let's see how we go if we have got time I've got one that'll be a bit easier oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> All right, have you got one, Pete? Oh, me? Oh, crap. Okay. Um, Pete? Oh, that's me. <laughs> yeah, I've got one. Okay, then. Go on. Franchise? Uh, aliens. Interesting. Okay. Uh, uh, Colonial Marine? No. Uh, Wayland uh, Yutani Corporation? Yes. Uh, Meal? Yes. In the films? In the films. In uh, uh, in Aliens? No, not in Aliens. In Alien? Human? In Alien. He's an alien. Is he an android? No. Is he the captain of the ship? He might be. <laughs> oh, what's his fucking name? Oh, my God. I've forgotten his name. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, it's on the tip this of my tongue. Thing. I'm on the tip of my tongue. Thing you know you enjoy a franchise, but you can't think of any fucker that was in the movies. Oh, no. What's his name? Is it te- oh, is it not it's like Tex or something? Oh, no. What is it? Fuck. What's his it's not Tex. Oh, fuck. What's his name? All right. One minute. I'm going to have to think about this. Otherwise known as Google. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I can see his face. What's, it, what's on his face? He's got like a moustache and stuff, and he's sort of like slightly beardy, and he's yes. been in other, loads of other films and stuff. Ah, oh, what's his name? Not, um... It's like a I, state, no, isn't it? Is his, name, is his name like a state, isn't it? Yep. Ah, oh, that's what I was saying. Ah, oh, fuck, what's his name? I was just about to say Dallas, but no. Bingo, no. yes, it is. Oh, yes. Ah, yes. So it's, yeah, it's a city. It's a city, I'm isn't it? Yeah, yeah very good, John Jim. Oh, like, that's, that was Columbia and stuff. That, I was thinking, that, that was I was thinking Texas, because Dallas, Texas. Yeah, okay, right, there you go. Yeah. Right, that was, Joe, I know. if you hadn't said Texas, yeah. I don't think it would have come to my mind. Yeah. <laughs> very, okay. Wow. Yeah, very good. Okay, uh, I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for... Um, who am I going to go for? I'm going to go for... Uh, ooh. Interesting. Uh, do I go for... Okay, Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay. 60 seconds. Go. Okay, are they in the, the, the original trilogy of films? Um... No. Oh, are they uh, a wizard? They are not a wizard. Uh, are they in the? Well, are they in the original the, uh, the Lord of the Rings books? Um, God, they are mentioned in some of the in the appendices, I guess, oh. but they're not in the are, Lord of the Rings book. Are they in the Silmarillion? No. Do are they the appear Rings, in the Hobbit they... trilogy? They're in the, the Hobbit. Yeah. They're in mm. the Hobbit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Oh, um. Oh, I wonder what's Shield. Nope. Okay. Um. Oh, are they one of the dwarves? They are one of the dwarves. Right. Okay. Kelly. Nope. Kelly. Nope. <laughs> Dwalin. Um, no. Bloin. No. Was okay, we're, Green, we're uh, got, that's played it. by Green McTavish. You got no, it's not. Um, uh, <laughs> so you got one more guess. Uh, and you, I guess if you just want uh, to name all the all I the dwarves, <laughs> you got I one more guess. I can't remember any of the other names. Uh, hang on. I don't stop uh, you googling. I didn't you, you, you I, 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 I didn't Google. I didn't. I didn't Google because I didn't. I couldn't guess it. It was only because John 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 guessed it, and I went because uh, I said tax, and he said Dallas, and I knew it was something to do with taxes. Oh. Um, I can't oh. think of any of their other names. No, no, I can't think of any of their names. Um, I knew Grim McTavish was in it as um, the Axe Dwarf. The Axe Dwarf. <laughs> That's the level of I can't. He never, he never had a name. He was just the Axe Dwarf. Yeah. No, he he was actually really really cool a character. To be fair, just uh, the Hobbit film just kind of completely destroyed yeah. my interest in the Hobbit. I, I've tried to block them out. Um, no, uh, you're gonna. You're gonna... Well, well, I ain't even guessing there. I think we're just waiting for. I'll Pete give you. I'll give you a. Up. I'll give you a clue. He's he's rather corpulent. Mm. I don't know. No. Nope. Bomber. Bomber. Okay. Bomber. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was. Tavish was dwelling, so I did actually, yeah. can actually remember his name. Yeah. Pfeiffer, Buffer, <laughs> Balan, Dwalin, uh, Beely, Keely. Yeah, we're not we're not Hobbit nerds, Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay, there you go. Okay, Giorgio, give us the one that we might actually be able to get. Possibly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, possibly. I'm, I'm sure. You... Right, let's go with a... Oh, let's go with a Star Wars one. Okay. okay. Star Wars, uh, 60 seconds. Go. Uh, yep. Original films? No. Uh, sequel films. No. Uh, prequel films. Prequel films. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. Andor. No, not in Andor. Is it in? Are they in any film? No. No. Oh god. Are they oh, in, in, it, in a Marvel TV series? It's like Star Wars TV series. Um, mentioned in a TV series, but not actually seen in TV series. Uh, is this? Was it in the Mandalorian? No, they was weren't it in, mentioned. It was it, it was mentioned uh, in the Andor. In Andor? Uh, no. Was it? Is it? Are they from the animated series? No, not from the animated series. This is meant to be easy, John Joe. There's so many characters in Star Wars. You can't make it so well, obscure. I could. I got, could give you a clue. We've only got sixty seconds. God, God damn it! All right, I'll give you a clue. Yeah. Um, I. I where this character is from, I did kind of mention it earlier in the podcast. God. This is meant to be That's easier. This is meant to be easier, John <laughs> You're getting banned okay. from these. Were they originally mentioned in the books? No, not originally. What the hell so they're not in them? the books, they're not in the films, <laughs> they're not in the series. What are they, what they, are they, they Right, they were mentioned in the Clone Wars TV series. Mentioned. Uh, I didn't watch the clip. Yeah, Where did they appear? They appeared first in video games. 
Oh, is it? Have been, uh, in, have been in material since, but yeah. First okay, is video, is it? Dan. Does he have his own ship? Um, technically he does, but then it was his ship. They got taken over. It is. Oh, what's his name? Uh, was he? Was he? In the computer games, Dark, uh, Dark Alliance, was it? Because it called Dark Alliance? The, the computer no, games? It wasn't. Dark, no, it wasn't in Dark Alliance. Dark Side. Oh, no. Uh, no. I, 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 mentioned, I mentioned the video game earlier. Oh, correct. Get out of the old public. I say old public, yeah. Darth Revan. Darth Revan. Darth Revan. Ah, uh, right, okay. Right. All right, so we're going that far back. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, but because we, I mentioned it earlier... I thought you would have gone. Ah, yeah, but you were you were talking about, about you were Republic. you were talking about um the like Republic Commandos, weren't you, and stuff. So I wasn't thinking yes. about not like yeah, the old but Republic. Then I mentioned not so Republic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Darth Revan, but it's just like you know, it's just sort of you know, Star Wars is yeah, a very cause... broad subject. So if you've only got sixty yeah. seconds, you, have to, you have to you have to narrow it down. Yeah, so you get. You, I know. I picked the film. <laughs> I picked a film and a book. He's kind of going, <laughs> oh, because I keep getting told that I made them too easy. No. So I thought, okay, let's <laughs> no. Right. Okay. Right. So that was it. Um, so oh, that's yeah. going to be the last podcast for 2022. Unfortunately, I'm off and about, um, so I'm not going to be around mm. until the new year anyway. So that's going to be it from us. So um, for everybody who's listening uh, and who's been watching over the last sort of year, thank you very much. It's been greatly appreciated. I hope you have an amazing Christmas, a great new year. Um, and for me, I've been Matt Geary. With me <laughs> has been Peter Allison. Good night, everyone, and please keep warm. <laughs> and John Joe Cosgrove. Merry Christmas, and I hope you and your loved ones have a fantastic new year. Happy bye. New Year. Bye. Happy New bye. Year. Take care. Bye. bye. bye.